We're talking edge rushers today. We're previewing the offseason for the 49ers defensive ends. Nick Bosa, big contract to come, some free agents. And who could the 49ers bring from outside into the organization at the position? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel.com slash locked on. Visit the website again. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Edge rushers, crock. It's really important for the 49ers. I was a little surprised end of season going back and looking at the statistics, crock, when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers defensive ends and edge rushers because um, we all know Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year in the NFL, 18 and a half sacks. Uh, he had a ton of pressures. He hit backs often. Uh, he was a, a force for the 49ers defense. And after that, it drops off pretty quick. And there's a bunch of free agents on the 49ers that are the next in line. And 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 they paled in comparison to the, the performance that Nick Bosa gave the 49ers defense. So I just want to roll through the 49ers current free agents. The second leader, the second leading sack getter on the 49ers defense this year, free agent Samson Abelcom started 15 of 17 games for the 49ers, had five sacks. Now, sacks isn't everything. I'm just using sacks because that's, you know, it's a, it's a quick and easy and dirty stat to, to look at. And, and that's how many times they got the quarterback down. And there's other metrics to look at. But sacks tell a lot as well. Samson Abelcom, free agent, five sacks in 15 starts. Uh, Charles Aminahu did a little outside in, rushed from different places. He was the third leading sacker on the 49ers defense. Four and a half sacks for Charles Aminahu, played in every game, all 17 games, but only started three games for the San Francisco 49ers. And then fourth on the team in sacks, Croc, rookie Drake Jackson didn't start a single game for the 49ers, played in 15, and then by the end of the season and in the playoffs, he wasn't even active for the 49ers. Hit that rookie wall. He had three sacks on the season. And if I'm not mistaken, most of those were really early on in the season as well. I feel like like, within the first like seven or eight games in the season, he had three sacks already. And then Jordan Willis, uh, who was instrumental in the, the Packers playoff game last season, uh, plays a lot of special teams as well. But as far as playing on the defense, he only played nine games this year for the 49ers. He had some injuries, uh, injured to start the year. And he had two sacks on the year for the 49ers. And he is a free agent as well. And so um, you know, Fred Warner had two sacks. Hufanga had two sacks. So we're talking about blitzers there. Um, Kevin Givens had two sacks. Jordan Willis had two sacks. Um, man, so the, the 49ers really – did you know that Eric Armstead had zero sacks this year for the 49ers in his nine starts? I was made aware of that earlier today. Someone DM'd me and asked if we would talk about the defensive line, and I know we're talking about edge rushers uh, more specifically, but he said Eric Armstead, zero sacks. I'm like, Ugh. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite realize that. That is kind of interesting, to say the least. And Ken Law, zero sacks. We, we already went over the defensive tackle position, talked about Ken Law and – you know, the fifth year option and that kind of stuff. And, but neither combined Kinlaw and 
Eric Armstead, which were supposed to be the guys in the middle for the 49ers this year. And look, there's more than sacks again. Like, and Armstead's always been maybe a little bit more getting pressure and disruption more and disruption equals production, as they say, more of a disruptor than, and been, than maybe getting huge sack numbers. He did have that one, a big sack year before he, he uh, re-upped with the 49ers in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. I believe he had 10 that year. And so, um, but you know, the 49ers could get home more often. And so, they need to improve probably their edge rusher position, but it's going to be hard because they have so many free agents and who do they pay and, and who's that player that's going to step up and give them that sack production next year aside from Nick Bosa. So it's a huge question for the 49ers and looking at snap. Oh, real quick, and you don't have really the draft capital, at least high where the, the edge rushers go and, and you kind of lucked up getting a guy like Drake Jackson last year who has potential still wasn't this highly productive edge rusher in college. You were able to get him at pick 61, I believe. But typically, you know, the the edge rushers that are going to be impactful are going kind of within the first 40 picks in the draft. And you're already seeing it with mock drafts right now. Seattle at number five gets uh, uh, Tyree Wilson in a lot of places. And, and he's like, eh, people don't really know what to do with him. They're like, yeah, he's not elite elite. But when you have height, weight, speed, and you're a defensive end and you looked apart, you're going to get drafted high. So it's really hard with the 49ers. Let's say they wanted to draft edge again with their first pick again in this draft. They don't pick until 99. Maybe they could trade up a little bit. You're going to get a guy who's flawed. Either he came from a small school, didn't play against you know big-time competition. He's a little short, a little slow, a little undersized. There, there's going to be something, you know, maybe a tweener, edge, interior guy. So there's going to be something that, that isn't really super clean about those prospects, and you don't have a lot of money to spend either. you got to re-up Bosa and give him probably the biggest contract of any non-quarterback in the NFL this offseason as well. So um, it's, it's not that easy to do. I just want to look at snap percentages as well for these 49ers free agents that are defensive ends and, and, and cool, labeled under edge guys. And, uh, Charles Aminahu played 53.5% of the snaps for the 49ers defense, almost identical to Samson Abelcom, even though he started every game. Uh, Charles Aminahu actually played more snaps. Um, it was 52.2% of the snaps Abelcom played, 53.5% Charles Aminahu played. Uh, Kerry Hyder played 33.2% of the snaps. He's also a free agent. And then I mentioned Jordan Willis, free agent, only played 18.7% of the snaps for the 49ers. And uh, and obviously he plays a lot of special teams too, which doesn't count in in the snap count snap percentage. But a lot of bodies, a lot of players hitting free agency. Croc of those players I mentioned that are free agents, whose agent are you calling first? Similar thing than what we did to uh, the other position groups. We talked about defense tackles. Uh, I'm gonna you're gonna put the the John Lynch the GM hat on, Croc. Which agent are you calling first out of the defensive ends that are free agents? Probably Samson Ebukam because he's the guy that kind of brings that one thing that you you do necessarily need, right? Like off of the edge, outside of him, it's like, are there guys that I just feel like, man, I just, I can't miss this guy. I mean, listen, I am also the person that was saying in a year, I think this D-line is a little overrated. Right, like with how people talk about it, I think they have this stigma around the oh man, they got a great defensive line coach. Uh, you know, you see what Nick Bosa does and what they traditionally have had, which is a, it is a good defensive line, but I don't think they played to that stature throughout this season. I, I thought they were kind of fairly average with an amazing player on that line. Yeah, and we went through the 
the the it, because the 49ers were the best defense in the league and, and ranked number one in the NFL. So we went back through a few weeks ago. You remember, is I think it was maybe right before the playoffs, and 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 we compared the defense to. 49ers defenses in the past. And we, as great as Bosa is, we looked and we thought, man, okay, the 2019 defensive line still had Bosa, still had Armstead, but you also had D Ford and you had uh, DeForest Buckner. So this defensive line wasn't as good as that defensive line. Went back to like the 2012, 2013 teams. And it was like, man, Justin Smith and Alden Smith. And I mean, I, I don't think this line was necessarily better than, than that line either. So um, as good you, as they, you like, said that as if there was some kind of question, like, like a thought. <laughs> I guess the only thought is because when you look on paper, it makes it seem like there's some type of, like, oh, because of the production, right? Like they weren't, they, they, they're not giving up many passing yards. Uh, they're not giving up rushing yards. So when you kind of look at it like that, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you can compare it. But anybody with eyes and you watch the actual players and how they get after it, it's like, it's not, it's not a question. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Even though, and look, you should never, ever be surprised when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spend a draft pick on a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. And I think the same thing could happen this year. They could, with all three of those comp picks at the end of the third round crock uh, on the, the Monday, the mock draft Monday pod, we talked about some of the players that had been plugged in there. Center, offensive tackle, defensive end, defensive tackle. I wouldn't be shocked if all three picks were offensive defensive line. I think... I wouldn't, well, first of all, I wouldn't be shocked either. And I think that it's needed. I mean, up front, or excuse me, on the back end, at the skill position players, I think the 49ers have enough depth as their places. They definitely need a cornerback. We talked about that on the previous episode. But 49ers have built their identity on being able to overpower teams up front. And I think even though Purdy got knocked out, and I think that was probably the biggest difference in that Eagles game, it was always going to be tough for them up front because the defensive line for the Eagles potentially could overpower the 49ers offensive line, which I think we saw that, which kind of led to not just that here. I know that was kind of on Tyler Croft as well, but even throughout the game, I just thought like, man, and then they just started selling out for the pass. And I think that helped the 49ers be able to, you know, run the ball better. But if the Eagles were playing it honest, I think it would have been a little bit tougher throughout that game to kind of run the ball. So they're, over, they're kind of overpowering the 49ers there. And then offensively, I think the 49ers, or Eagles offensively, the 49ers did well up front, limiting some of it, but you still saw some of these gaping holes at times. The average yards per carry won't show it, but man, seeing guys got, kind of get pushed out of there, I think there was just a lot on the 49ers' uh, second level with the linebackers. So you, if you were to spend all your draft cap or your first three picks on those guys up front, whether it's offensive line or defensive line, I, for one, would not be upset about that. Not sexy, but wouldn't be upset. Nope. And it's been the thing that got the 49ers to where they are. And I, I, I think it's a formula that works. I think it's smart. And if you're well-coached and you have playmakers and, you, you know, they're, you know, they're not going to be drafting a quarterback in the third round. They, they've got a couple guys that are going to be competing there. Uh, defense, offensive line. Uh, those are spots that are smart to always spend on. Uh, more croc on the in-house free agents. I'll let you know who I think the 49ers should and almost have to re-sign first of that group. And then we'll talk about maybe some free agents that are out there, what the 49ers might be looking for if they were to draft a defensive lineman in the 2023 NFL draft. And I'll give you also one more teaser here, croc. There's the name of a guy that uh, should be the guy for the 49ers on defense next. Today's episode is brought to you by 
our very good friends at Built Bar. Croc, we had someone on Twitter today let us know that uh, they finally gave Built Bar a try, and man, are they converted, and they are now in. They are Built Bar lifers, and I know, Croc, we've been team Built Bar for a very long time. If you're looking for that delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. Uh, what makes Built Bar so good, you might ask? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, legit chocolate, like dark, beautiful, delicious, real chocolate, not a brown-colored substance they call chocolatey flavoring, right, or chocolatey. It is actual chocolate, and it is so good. And they come in unbelievable flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut, almond. And I don't know how Built does it, uh, but these bars taste like a candy bar, but maintaining amazing macros. Croc, I know you're watching the macros right now, and Built Bar uh, can really help you with that because they taste great, but they're healthy. Healthy is actually tasty with Built Bars. Only 130 calories in most Built Bars, only 4 grams of sugar in most Built Bars, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Croc, when you're looking at your macros, is it calories? Is it protein, lack of protein, or is it too much sugar that you're running into a problem with? It's probably the carbs and fats trying to keep those low but but built bar definitely helps with that and we gotta ask our guy too that hit us up on on twitter has he tried the puffs yet because you know those are my favorite i'm, I'm a traditional built bar guy croc is a puffs guy and you can find all of them at built.com you can also find them at your local walmart or sam's club if you head into walmart in the pharmacy section grab four bar boxes of flavors like cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puffs or at sam's club 13 bar boxes of hit flavors brownie batter churro and you can thank us later. And, of course, you can find all the amazing flavors of Built Bars at Built.com. Thanks once again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed up to the brand-new YouTube channel of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're covering the entire league every day. Me and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. You might have read some of his work at ESPN over the years as well. We cover the entire league all season and off-season long. Peacock and Williamson, brand-new YouTube channel. Go check that one out. All right, Croc. I think it's Charles Aminahu. I think he's the most important free agent for the 49ers to resign. I think he was more impactful than, than Samson Abelcom. I think he is he's a little bit younger than Samson Abelcom. I think he's you know um, a year and a half younger, something like that. He was in at least one draft class earlier than Samson Abelcom, maybe two years drafted after Samson Abelcom. And he can give you a little inside-outside versatility. He can be that big end on, on early downs, and then he can move inside. And, and so I love the, the versatility from Samson Abelcom. I like how impactful he had been. And just to my eyes, and I know it's four and a half to five sacks, and their snap percentage was almost identical, so you would think their numbers look, look pretty close, and they do. But I just from the eye test, I felt like a man who was a little bit more impactful than Samson Abelcom. And uh, so that that's where I would probably put my money first is Charles Amenahu because he's got a little bit more versatility than than Abacom. I think he has more versatility in the 49ers defense, right? In that four three defense because if you're a three four, then it's kind of flip flop, right? With mm -hmm. uh, Samson, who's a little bit more versatile because he is a guy who can rush off the edge, but also he played a lot of off ball linebacker for the LA Rams uh, back in the day. I say back in the day, but just a few years ago. But Aminu, I think that was a, a big time trade accusation for the San Francisco 49ers. Did it in the middle of what, 2021, I believe. And that was something that I think really paid out. You, you talked about his versatility, being able to play outside, being able to play inside. I thought his impact was probably a little bit more, especially in the uh, playoffs in 2021. 
he was a guy where I was like, man, guy, we need him. And then you really needed him this year because, like I said, I felt like 49ers were a little shorthanded up front, especially when you're not getting exactly what you want out of a guy like Drake Jackson. Now you need this guy who is like, all right, he's not going to be this 10-sack-a-year guy, but we know we're going to get this, hey, I can stop the run a little bit here. I can get to the passer a little bit here. You have to account for him a little bit. When it was kind of up in the air, is he going to play? You know, he got into to some trouble off the field. And when he was out there, I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better about, you know, heading into this game. So that kind of tells right there the kind of impact that I'm expecting from him. Not big time, but enough to where he definitely makes a difference and contributes to a really good defense. And off the field stuff's really important for Charles Emanuel because he's got that thing going on. Um, I, I don't know what has been found there, what the legal process in the vetting process there that the 49ers have to do their homework on is really important, and that could take him off the table for you, right? So so that's one of the aspects that I just don't know anything more about than than we already um, – has been reported earlier on with with Charles Amenehu, but he played after that and played through the playoffs. Kerry Hyder, um, I, I'm going to kind of – I'm going to kind of lump Kerry Hyder, even though they – and Jordan Willis together, even though they kind of play different positions. They're both defensive ends on the 49ers defense, but – Jordan Willis's main value is on special teams with a, you know, rotational backup role as a defensive end. Kerry Hyder got one sack in his 16 games, did get one start for the 49ers. You know, he's just, he's been around a very long time. You could bring them both back, but it's almost like, man, you almost need like veteran minimum money. Like, like very, it has to, they have to come back cheap or I think you got to be ready to move on from from probably three out of the four of these guys, if you're going to spend on one of Amenahu or Abelcom, I don't know if there's going to be much money to give anybody much more than, you know, uh, pretty close to veteran minimum for some of the rest of these guys. Yeah. And that's going to be the big time kind of question for these guys. But again, it, I feel like no matter who you keep out of those guys, does it move the needle for you one way or another? Cause I mean, we're talking about like who would we keep, right? If we had to make that first phone call to an agent, and I said, Samson, you said, every, every can't, I mean, excuse me, same guy, uh, Aminahu. I think if you flip-flop that, neither one of us would really be tripping. So what does that say about, you know, just the group as a whole? Right. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And and ideally, Aminahu and Ebelcom are both like your number three defensive end anyway. And that's right. where Drake Jackson comes into play. You drafted him 61. He's got all the physical talent in the world. He's got the bend. He's, you know, prototype size he he should come in to camp and we'll kind of know when we see him in camp i think what to expect from drake jackson if, if he's on the uh, aaron banks plan right and, and he really just he doesn't have to change his body necessarily like like probably not quite as much ah, maybe he does actually he, he, it's very similar to aaron banks and aaron banks played a lot less than drake jackson as a rookie but i think it's a similar situation where he's got to be motivated he's got to have his mind right he's got to come in like rocked up 265 and ready to go he's the guy you need to be the starting opposite end yeah the, the third down machine and, and be the true number two pass rusher after nick bosa and make whoever it is able come amenahu the number three defensive end a lot of times you got to learn how to be a pro. And sometimes if you just haven't been around it, I mean, we got to remember where Drake Jackson came from. I, I know it's like, oh, man, he played at USC. He played at USC when it was in the dumps. And I can poverty, guarantee you. Poverty football program. Yeah, at, 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 the, at the time. All right. But I can I can guarantee you. Well, right now I'm, I'm go Buffs. Go Buffs. All right. Team Dion. Oh, but, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Have you defected from USC, Crocs? Ah, uh, you know, I still like I still like USC. But, man, I'm, I'm, I'm behind 
primetime. I want to see him win. I thought he got a lot of backlash for kind of switching up and going to Colorado. And, and, and I always like to root for the underdogs. So. Uh, and he's not an underdog, but that, that situation is kind of an underdog. So I, I'm curious yeah. to see. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. But uh, Drake Jackson, when he was at USC, I mean, they were in the dumps. That's not the Lincoln Riley version of USC. And one thing, I've been a part of some bad programs, some bad organizations. Your preparation can kind of fall off a little bit. And I bet if you ask most people, you know, 49ers also have Talano Hufunga, his product, like his preparation and stuff and how he kind of prepared and carried himself, probably didn't, that probably didn't drop off too much. But some guys, you know, they kind of tend to kind of like start to go with the flow a little bit. And I bet that flow wasn't as great. And the, the, the standard in which how they prepared wasn't as great. So a guy like Drake Jackson, maybe it kind of started to go down. Then you get to the NFL and now all of a sudden you got to turn up and how do you handle that? And I think he kind of hit a wall, probably mentally. Kyle talked about it physically. I bet it was more mentally than physically. Kind of like, man, this is exhausting. We were chilling at USC, going to the beach on the weekend, yeah. chilling. We were the big dogs. Like there was low expectations because of Coach Helton or whatever his name is. But now, man, I'm with the 49ers. This is a team that's prime. Like, man, they're like one of the Super Bowl favorites. I have to play at what level, and I got to bring it for how long? Every day? That's probably a lot on him. I bet his, I bet the mental part gave out before his actual body did. Yeah. What, do you, what was it? Ten game schedule for USC last year? Uh, no, nah, it was probably twelve. Twelve, and then comes in rookie season NFL, preparing for the draft. Um, you know, no fewer limits on practice time than he had at USC. Don't have to worry about you know school stuff this is a full-time job for you now and you end up playing 20 games right? and you have money yeah, yeah. And he, and he and it's a, a big difference you start now now you got a little money in your pocket you could do things a little different go places you probably wouldn't go um fly people and you probably wouldn't fly in when you were in college you know so there is a you know you start your decision making starts to change and then you go through your rookie year you assess it kyle keeps it real with you you know how kyle is and then you start to say you know what I have to change some of the things I did my rookie year. Now, listen, guys, I'm putting things. I, I don't know what he did. He Maybe he was focused the whole time. But I've seen some of the guys come in and, and have to kind of, okay, I have, like, this is not college anymore. And it's yeah, not it's, USC. It's more to say, uh, we don't know exactly what it was with Drake Jackson and why he was inactive. But Kyle talked about it, basically hitting a rookie wall. And, and that can absolutely be mental or physical. And you would, yeah. you would blame a rookie for hitting that wall because he definitely wouldn't be the first. Right. Especially coming from an organization that the, the standards at that time were not high. I'm telling you, guys start to prepare a, a different way. In the, in, the, in the gold helmet guys, like the 49ers, you know, they have those gold helmet, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the, the Hufungas of the world. Like that, it doesn't change for them. And that's why you see him come in and, you know, he's prepared, like, He's always been the same guy. But others, they kind of need that kick in the butt a little bit. And it's like, okay, this is what the NFL is about. And it's a business. And I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen some guys like, dang, man, you've been here how long? Dang, you didn't get to play? You're a drafted win? What? A guy like Dante Pettis, they just kicked him to the curb, cut him? You know, like, dang, Keller Witherspoon, he was in the doghouse. Like, he was a high third-round pick. You know, like, it, it happens. And, and Kyle Shanahan can be ruthless with it. So you better get on it. And I'm pretty sure those veterans probably told him, like, dude, you better come back ready to go or you, it can get ugly for you real fast with Kyle Shanahan talking about those gold helmet guys let's take a look at the draft a little bit some free agency uh not so much specific players in the draft right now we will get more deep into the film 
work with the draft and, and specific prospects for the 49ers. A little bit more difficult when you're picking at the end of round three to pinpoint guys exactly this early in the process. But uh, just what you think the 49ers would be looking for from a draft prospect. We'll take a look at the free agency as well next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app. And look, uh, there's still NFL bets to be made at FanDuel. Who's going to win the next Super Bowl? 49ers, I think, are 6-1 to one odds. No, 9-1 to one odds right now to win the next Super Bowl in February of 2024. Uh, but it's the work they do this offseason and stuff that we're talking about right now on the podcast that could Get them there. And tons of draft props as well at FanDuel. And, of course, NBA is in full swing right now. Post-All-Star game now. This is when things get serious for the playoff pushes. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Those are $1,000 of bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drained, and you can even build your own same game parlays if you're looking for a bigger payout. So don't miss the chance with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Man, Drake Jackson, he's got to be the number two. It's Bosa, Drake Jackson, Charles Amenahu for me, and then you go cheap. You go bargain hunting in free agency. You bring in some some draft picks. There's a police chase going on outside my house. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, some draft steals, if you will. Maybe that's what the police are, are after. They're after uh, John Lynch for some of his draft steals recently. Uh, let, let's look at free agency. I'm, I'm going to read off some names from the free agent class of 2023 right now, Croc. And you tell me if there's any of these names from outside the organiz- organization that you think would be players that the 49ers should bring in who might fit the bill. And even if you think, hey, you know what? They should spend because this guy's too good. I'm going to start at the top. This is as ranked by ESPN for free agent edge rushers. And it starts with Jadavian Clowney. He, he seems to be doing these consecutive uh, one-year deals, Croc. What do you think? One-year deal for J- Jadavian Clowney? I think he'd be a pretty darn good fit in the wide nine. Just point him at the quarterback, let him play the run on the way to the quarterback. Uh, I think I'm off the J- Jadavian Clowney thing. I, I kept thinking each year, like, okay, this is the year. Okay, this is the year. This situation. If you can't win, and when I say win, I just mean, like, consistently win your, your battles, and you have Miles Garrett opposite you, then I'm cool. And, and like that's that. it's not just the Miles Garrett thing. I mean, it's been every year. I mean, he had J.J. Watt opposite him, and he couldn't be that production guy when he gets all the attention. And we're talking about Watt, like, you know, the defensive MVP of the league, you know, multiple years Watt, and you couldn't really get going and be a really productive guy. And outside of that, he's been fairly average. And then now, you know, you got to play against, again, opposite Miles Garrett, and – Still, he's like, oh, I ain't like playing on the on that team. You know, it's just like, uh, I think I don't think he's a Shanahan guy. I totally agree. About Marcus Davenport from the New Orleans Saints, former first rounder. He's intriguing because the 49ers like those big bodies at end, and he's a guy who could potentially do some inside stuff. So uh being that bigger, longer type guy, Pops, um, I think the 49ers will probably probably like that about him. Kyle Vanoy. 
Nah, he's Van Noy. I like him though. He's that savvy vet coming yes. over. For, you know, he was he with New England for a lot of years. Left New England, came back to New England. I think he was with what the Chargers for a bit. But uh, Detroit uh, too, maybe. Yeah, Detroit. Maybe it was Detroit. I'm thinking of a blue team. But I like I like Van Noy because I think I like just that veteran. And one thing about probably Patriots players. We talk about preparation and understanding that. I, I think he'd be a great addition to the defensive line just in case Drake Jackson doesn't like come around as quickly as we would like. Uh, you're right. He was on the Chargers last year. Van Orton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was still picturing him as a New England Patriot. But I think it maybe was started his career. He's kind of had – he's kind of a bust, right? He started his career off slow. Wasn't that with Detroit? Then he went to New England. Then Chargers. Is that how it went? I don't know. Anyway, I think he's not – Was there a Dolphins in there too? I don't know why I'm like, – I look at been around anyway uh but he's a versatile player but i don't know if he fits exactly how the 49ers defense is i think they like more stout uh players up front he fits a little bit more of a you know a multiple front kind of a three odd front kind of a defense i think a little bit more all right here we go so uh he was drafted by detroit played three years with him he was drafted in the second round and i talked about defensive ends right i said that sweet spot is in that first uh 60 picks and he was actually uh the 40th pick overall. No, that's what I said. 40th pick, 40 picks. That's what I said. And he yeah. was actually like right there at the edge of that. I said 40 picks. You guys could rewind. I think that's what I said. But uh, played with Detroit, New England. Spent uh, four years with New England. Then went to Miami, which I thought so. Okay. And then back to New England and then the Chargers. So We got some familiar names coming up. The the number four edge guy on ESPN's cheat sheet for for uh, free agents is Arden Key. Hmm. I didn't realize he only signed a one-year deal with Jacksonville. Well, that's a guy that I would like to have back. Yeah. He, now, again, he, if you're, if you're going to lose, let's say, Aminahu, or you're going to lose Ebicam, Arden Key did play a little bit more. I think his, like, most production came when he started to kind of slide inside a little bit more for the 49ers, but similar type role. So if you can kind of bring him back, at least you know, hey, he's good at this. We can use him as this. And he had his best year with the 49ers uh, uh, under Kacerik. Yeah, a man who basically slipped right into Arden Key's role. And actually, they're almost, they're nearly back to back. Just two players after Key is where Charles Amenehu is. Right in between them is an interesting name, Ogbenaya Okunrokwo, Obo, as he is known. Uh, he was drafted by, I really liked him coming out of school. Uh, he was Oklahoma? Drafted, was it Oklahoma? Oklahoma, yeah. And yeah. he was kind of similar to Samson Abelcom. And he went to the Rams and he kind of toiled with the Rams. And it was like, is he an off ball linebacker? Is he an edge guy? And he had some injuries and it didn't really work out. And I think he had a lot better. Uh, season after he left the Rams and he was with um, Houston last year. So he's an interesting one for the 49ers that can maybe. So you, you've got, you got a Menahu or Abacom. And if you're not able to bring them back, then maybe their replacements could be in a similar role. Uh, Obo, Okunrokwo or Arden Key. So uh, there's the aging, the aging section of this list. Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram. What do you think? I watched Justin Houston, and he looked kind of good. I'm not going to lie. Justin Houston, OG draft crush for me back in the day. I love Justin Houston. Justin Houston, for some reason, I always think he's older than what he is. Was he like 32 this year? Something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. And he feels like he's 36. <laughs> he does, yeah. He looks <laughs> older, too, I think is part yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> my bad, y'all. I'm older. I'm older than Justin Houston. But yeah. if we were standing next to each other, he definitely looks more like the adult in the room than, <laughs> than, than I would. Uh, he's aging like Pat Mahomes Sr. Uh, yeah, he aged, he aged pretty fast. My uh, son, my son. 
<laughs> Best to ever do it. Shout out Pat Mahomes Sr. Watched him play uh, minor league baseball for the Visalia Oaks back in the day when I was a young kid. He's like one of the first like big-time prospects I remember. was like, oh, damn, this guy's going to be a major leaguer. And he didn't stick around single A Visalia yeah. for long. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Croc. He's been around there. Like, he, I don't know if he's a locker room guy. His teams can't wait to get rid of him, but he's productive. Right? Is it, is it weird? Kind of like almost like a clowny thing. Yeah, so I mean, a guy like that, one year. One well, one thing about 49ers locker room, I feel like once you get in that locker room, and now maybe they just get those type of guys, but it almost feels like everyone likes being a part of that organization. So it could be, hey, maybe he he can be a bad locker room guy in other places, but he gets to the 49ers and all of a sudden everything's great and everybody loves him and it works at least for a year. And that seems like kind of the 49ers thing. We'll bring you up for a year, you do your thing, and then you know you can you can get about here. Bruce Irvin, he might, I was be, he might be 40, right? Right, yeah. I was surprised to see him playing. And he was playing for, first he was playing for the Panthers. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, okay. And and then I watched him and he was on the Seahawks. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like, And I thought maybe it's a, another Irving just wearing the same number. But yeah, I yeah. know his swag. I know how he, and he got a clean little swag about himself, how he carries himself on the field. And I'm like, oh, no, that's definitely Bruce Irvin. Robert Quinn, too. He was traded to the Eagles, and I can't even remember seeing him get on the field for the Eagles in the playoffs. And that's a guy who had – he was a high-sack guy, like, really just like a year ago. Last year, I think, yeah. I think he got traded to the de- – he was one of the deadline moves, right, for the Eagles? They gave up, like, a fourth-rounder or something like that. Yeah. Uh, how about Cleveland Farrell? A bigger defensive end, total bust for the Las Vegas Raiders, but he wouldn't be the only one. He was a top-five pick. Yeah. I wonder if he would fit the 49ers scheme. Again, it's still, he feels like one of those. I, I remember watching him at Clemson. Watch a lot, right? Because we're talking about the year Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, uh, you know, Brian Burns, you know, uh, Sweat. You know, that was a pretty good edge class right there. But Farrell was in there, and I didn't think he was up to par with some of those guys. But he was a high effort, high motor guy. Uh, just not as skilled as those guys. But again, the, just the frame, it seems like he fits kind of the the mold of what the 49ers have liked opposite Nick Bosa. Now, maybe it's just what they've had, and they would rather have a Samson Ebukam and a bunch of guys like that. But they have kind of these tweener body type guys who is like, I'm not this super fast, speedy, bendy, edgy guy, but, you know, I can do a couple of different things, and, you know, you guys are like that. This is crazy. I can't believe how many aging defensive ends there still are in the NFL. A lot of them are free agents right now. Uh, you got Shaq Lawson from Buffalo. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul still going. and He was in Baltimore at the end of last year. There is Dante Fowler. He was on the Dallas Cowboys last year. He's been bouncing around a little bit now, too. Yeah, I see Fowler. And, you know, a lot of these names, too, I just remember when they were, like, originally hitting the free agent market. And it's like, man, are they going to get $100 million contracts, right, yeah. between him and Gonque? Like, those, you know, they were really big names. And now it's like, eh, yeah, I don't know. When, 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 like, when it was pre-pandemic since they've been good, I think it's pretty telling that they're, they're probably not someone you want to spend a lot of money on. Right. And, and the toughest thing, man, you know, and I've seen it, you know, a lot of guys in the league, they get a little comfortable. And, you know, it's like, uh. You know, you start playing kind of just to play as opposed to, like, being the best. And there's only so many guys that can, like, really play at a high level for a lot of years. And typically those type of guys, the way they prepare is 
hey man, I want to be like the best ever, or at least the best version that I can be of myself. And they prepare that way, and they have really long, good careers. Those guys you see fall off, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I was able to take care of my family, had a good run, I'll show up, you know, hopefully I'm good. Oh man, I'll keep getting these little one-year contracts, I'm okay with that. And it seems like there's a lot of those guys out there right now. I'm going to throw a couple more free agent names at you real quick. Uh, Malik Reed, he was most recently on the Steelers. He played for the Broncos. I think he was an undrafted free agent. I remember really liking him in the draft, whatever year that was. He came out four or five years ago. And uh, sort of a speed rusher, undersized guy. Uh, could probably play some special teams for you as well. Malik Reed is an interesting name. And then Terrell Basham, who was apparently one of the players the 49ers really liked in the draft that also had Jordan Willis, I believe it was the 2017 draft. And that was the year they took... Uh, who'd they take in the third round that year? 2017. The 49ers? Yes. Or okay, yeah. I think it was either it was like between Witherspoon or Bat. Oh no. It that was they traded the pick that the Saints ended up using for Camara. For Alvin Camara. And if they didn't trade away the pick, they were going to draft Terrell Basham. Defensive end. He's a free agent now. So maybe they could uh, pair him with a and that's and who Jordan. the 49ers were going to take. Yeah, I remember hearing a story about that's the that's one of the guys they really liked there. And, oh, and see, I, I thought they were going to get um, uh, Juju Smith because those are my, I mean, that's just, those are the two guys next on my, I'm like, oh, all right, 49ers, you, you guys have a chance. You can get Juju Smith and you can get a Keller with his And those are kind of like my guys right there in that spot. And then they traded and then Juju got picked and the 49ers instantly traded. And I'm like, oh, I bet they're going to get Juju. And they got a Keller. And I'm like, oh, well, they still got my guy, a Keller with his uh, real quick, Quack. If the 49ers spent pick 99 on a defensive end, what are they looking for? Is Effort? Gold, is it gold helmet? Doesn't matter how you're shaped, what your game is. You're a gold helmet guy, or are you looking for a big end? Are you looking for a speed guy? Can I get a speed guy? Can I get somebody that just, he does this very well? Because the big guys is kind of like, oh, okay, they do this cool, they do this cool. But can I get a guy that, he is going to, hey, he only has to come in on third downs, but he's going he's gonna to get around that corner and bend and try to get to the quarterback. Maybe he's undersized, and that's why he slips to late third. I'm with you, man. I, I kind of say swing for the fences when it comes to one of these guys. Either you're a tweener and you could be such a dynamic interior rusher, but you're, you have a bad body, so you, know, you didn't get drafted early because people don't know what to do with you. Even if you're just a third-round rusher, even if it's from the inside, you can play some, you know, some, some end on the early downs, or you're an undersized speed rusher. I, I would say swing for the fences on that pass rush ability because I just named off 20 guys in free agency. If you just need a guy who can, can play rotationally for you and stop the run as a defensive end, you can find that. That's not a skill set you should be fighting to get in the draft necessarily. That That's available, right? But it's that pass rush ability, whether it's a tweener that might have to move inside on some downs or just that speed guy coming from the outside. And it's not just pure speed. You're not going to run around guys all day. You know, some pass rush moves help as well. That, mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'd be looking at. Right. Got to up those sack numbers, Croc. Second leading sack guy on the team was five sacks. Come on. Well, how do you do it? I mean, do you just send more blitz or just say, hey, can we just get a better guy there, please? You know, no, you no, 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 no. You get Drake Jackson to go train with the Boses. <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going to say. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Drake Jackson, go train with the Boses. Isn't that, wouldn't that seem like the obvious thing to do? Yeah. I don't know if the Boses are down with that. It's just like, just like all in the fam. 
they got their little property, I guess, that Joey bought. And like they just they just just the brothers nah, bro. like, uh, and I'm... Nick's like Nick doesn't Nick wants to get rid of that one last half percent of body fat too, you know. Right. See, he wasn't in in Cabo. <laughs> no, no. I don't think he's probably ever had a pina colada in his life. Yeah. We don't drink those. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. What do you think the 49ers should do in free agency in the draft at the defensive end position? Let us know at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.